Redeemer family, welcome to the final week of Lent Conversations. We've had a really fun journey through some of the Psalms and some of the themes through our devotional materials, and we are excited to wrap up the conversation with a conversation on hope. So as we head towards Easter um, and then the Easter season, um, it is great to talk about hope. And I think I love the way this landed. I guess the Holy Spirit planned it better than we did, but I love the way this landed right in the middle of Holy Week, um, which is not uh doesn't feel like a time that offers much hope but yet i think it's where our conversation will go and our hope is really rooted and grounded in the in darkness but i'm going to read psalm 42 and then we're going to jump into a conversation on hope so this is the niv so as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you my god my soul thirsts for god for the living god where can i go and meet with god my tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, as my foes taunt me saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thank you, God. God. All right, so off the top, I would love to hear you guys talk about, and so whoever wants to go first, um, just times in your life where you've resonated with the psalmist, where it doesn't seem like there's much to be hopeful about, but yet something in your posture, right? Something in the psalmist posture knows God is sure and God is a saving God. And so that is causing hope. Um, so, yeah, what's a time in your life that you can think about where that was the case? Um, and how are you recentering to the hope that God offers? Rachel? Uh, <laughs> sure, I can start. Um, <laughs> I think when it came, like, decision-making times is always one of those, you know, where you mm -hmm. kind of go back and forth, like, should I, should I not? Or I remember at one point when I was a missionary in the Netherlands, um, you know, funds had were coming in nice and steady. And then at one point they kind of started trickling out a little bit. And um, I just remember being a little nervous and, you know, doing what I could do to kind of reach out to people. And then all of a sudden, like, looking at my account one day and, people that I had one girl that I had gone to high school with and had never kept in, you know, touch past that. Like her parents were a supporter and um, she gave a good chunk of change. And I was mm. like, Oh, okay. You know? And, um, and so then I just kind of kept afloat from there, which, you know, was a gift. And um, I think too, you know, on a more serious note, of course, when um, we were going through everything, when Kaya was first born, mm. we, you know, Barry and I had to hold on for dear life, you know, um, and so I think, yeah, I, 
one thing that I love about this psalm is that, you know, he asks himself, why are you downcast? Um, but then in, you know, in verse uh, six, I'm reading from the NRSD, but it says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you. Mm. Not my soul is downcast within me. Let me just sit in this. But no, like, therefore, I remember you. And, you know, we see that in Lamentations. We see it in another um, time in Psalms where it just says, therefore, I will remember. Yeah. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit helps us, you know, get through is, is that memory of what God has done. And then we can just kind of use that to propel us forward. Like, okay, if God is always faithful and he met me there, then he's going to meet me here. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Liam? Um, <clears throat> I think similar to, to Rachel. Well, first off, I just want to say I love that song because it puts me in mind of Donnie McClurkin's uh, uh, language medley. I think it's mm-hmm. Live in London or one of the songs, one of the, one of the live albums he had. Mm-hmm. And he sings this song in, in English, then he sings it in um, uh he sings it in Swahili, I think. He sings mm. it in Japanese, and he sings it in Surinamese, which was cool because I, I had never considered the language Surinamese, mm. and it was just, it's a really good song, I think. But um, similar to, to Rachel's story, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic, we were all living in a really, really uncertain time, trying to figure out what what this means for all of us. Uh, in, in so many different ways and right then uh, our son was born five weeks early um, mm. right there at the beginning right when the city shut down and so it was just it was just living in a, in a, in a part in a season where we were trying to figure out um, not necessarily just being hopeful but just trying to grab a hold of anything real because everything felt super unreal right um, mm. you know we were living in you know that movie 28 days and uh you know we were traveling and on the interstate and it would be like 12 p.m and we'd be the only car on the interstate you know and we're going to see our son who was born in a you know we're wearing masks and we're, we're getting checked and it was just freaky and so it was really difficult for us to to, to just um still grieve still feel everything we were feeling because it was terribly hard but also to uh to to, to hope to, to hold on to hope um and and for me, I can't speak for my wife, but for me, um, there was no guarantee that things would have turned out as well as they did, that he would have been as you know as great as he is and everything. And so I really wrestle with what does it mean to hope in God's goodness if mm-hmm. this doesn't, you know, this comes out differently. Um, what does it look like to have an inter- a eternal uh, perspective uh, of God's goodness? And and and, uh, and it was hard. And a lot of times it just looked like uh, just looked like bawling you know, mm-hmm. secretly, you know, and, um, but the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, the Lord brought us through, of course, and, um, but yeah, I think that's one season where it was, it was, it was difficult to wrestle with the reality of an eternal hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, for me, I think about, um, there was a season before we started Peace Prep and after I was teaching, so I left my teaching job and for just a year was trying to you know raise money to start the school and in the beginning it, it wasn't going great I mean like not it wasn't terrible, but like I was sending a lot of emails, having a lot of meetings, having a lot of conversations and but there just wasn't a lot of like money coming in, and there wasn't a lot of money needed because it was literally just me 
Um, but I was, you know, the only income for our family. So I did need some money to come in. And I just remember there being days where I would just kind of like my, I, my office was like our screened in porch and I would just sit out there and listen to worship music or try to remind myself in any way I could of God's goodness. And there were some days that if I'm honest, like I didn't believe it. And I would be like, mm. well, God, I don't really know if you're good because nothing's happening or it's not happening the way I think it should be happening. Like I've taken this step of faith. Like I've left my job. I'm trusting you fully. What more can I do? Right. To show you. Um, and then God would remind me through people or through situations that like God's goodness isn't really dependent on whether that financial thing happens or whether or not that meeting gets set up that I want to get set up or whatever thing, whatever outcome I'm hoping in, God's goodness isn't dependent on that, but is promised in just God's presence, right? Just God's very present with us. Um, and so I started listening more for that reminder, right? So when people would say like, oh, God is with you or God's favors on you, or I'm with you, even like when people would tell me that, that started to be what um, welled up hope in me was that remembrance, um, like the salt, like just remembering that like, oh, God is with us. That mm -hmm. means God is for us. Oh, that means mm -hmm. that regardless of the outcome of this, I do have something to be hopeful about at any point in time, whether um, that bank account is at zero or whether it's at, you know, where we've seen it all the way up to a million dollars. Like, God is still the same God in any any of that span. And so I think there's something about this remembrance that I'd love to yeah, hear more from you all about like what helps you remember. And besides the Bible because I think the Bible's great. <laughs> but I I would think like for the like I think what we struggle with sometimes in the church is like we're kind of like professional Christians cuz this is like our job, but for people who are just saying like yeah, I read the Bible every day, but what are other ways that people can be reminded or what are ways that you're reminded besides just the Bible um, of God's goodness or of, of the hope you have? What, what are reminders for you in life? Yeah, I typically go back to two particular parts of my story. I remember we did the formation moment and you talked about the power of testimony mm -hmm. um, from the sermon I preached. And, uh, and I think those serve as great, I guess, um, altars of remembrance. You know, in the Old Testament, they would have to build altars to remember Two of the altars, I guess, in my life, um, I'll just share one of them. Uh, I remember uh, just being a, a financial season where a lot of my growing up, we were just in finance, poor, poor financial seasons, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or lump them together, one big poor financial season, right? And um, and the Lord just always, he always provided, you know, we don't know what it's like to necessarily be hungry or anything like that. But in one particular situation, I was away from home and um, my mom was at home and, and she was just struggling and which was common at the time. And, and uh, she does, uh, she's going to kill me for sharing this, but long and the short was that um, I had just been praying and praying, God, I need you to work this out because I'm out trying to do what you call me to do. And, 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 you know, and, and I can't do anything for, her. and um, I remember I was in a grocery store one day and I got a call from her and, and she, and, and she, um, she was like, man, I just, uh, just money just came through and uh, it, crazy wasn't expecting it. And, uh, and, you know, and we were just kind of silent on the phone for a little while, you know, and, and we have several stories like that in our life, but um, it's, it's times like that. And, and probably also more significantly, more commonly, I go back to the night of my conversion, mm -hmm. you know, especially when I'm thinking about, you know, God, I don't know if I want to keep doing this Christian thing or if mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to keep preaching this gospel and doing these things. And I think about, 
the, the fact that it is the gospel that has kept me here. The gospel saved me. The God, literally the gospel saved my life. Mm. Um, Cause I was, I think I was pretty close to not wanting to be here anymore. And so when I can remember that night, uh, it's like a, a shot in the back to continue to spread this story of hope, you know, um, the hope that saved my life and hope saved others. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Rachel? What, what reminds you to be hopeful? I would say similar to what Leon was saying, like in the old Testament, you know, where God tells the people, like, keep telling these stories, tell them to your children. You know, I think for me, it's hearing stories from my friends of God's provision of what he's doing. It's sitting with my grandma and just listening to her, you know, tell like story after story. And she'll say like, you know, Rachel, I'm how she'll be. I think she's 91. She just turned 91. And she's like, Rachel, I'm 91 and God has not failed me yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and if he failed me, this would be the first time, you know, and, and she tells all these stories and listening to my parents, you know, talk about stories that I didn't know about when I was a kid. And yet they, you know, where they experienced God's provision and or where they were like faithful to give when God was calling them to give. And yet they were like, uh, you know, what's going to happen if we do this? And um, so I think telling our stories to other people and being able to sit under other people's stories is so important. Um, yeah. So kind of like what Leanne was saying, testimonies. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, yeah. I think for me, definitely hearing about sharing about what God is doing, it just makes me more aware of it. And so that's really helpful. I think the other thing that's been really helpful for me recently and some of this, I probably last several years, I think brother Lawrence is, you know, practicing the presence of God has been really formational and shaping this, but just, nature often reminds me that God is faithful, right? Just like the fact that the sun comes up every day and it rains when it needs to rain and the birds chirp and are cared for. Um, Some of those things just really help me when I'm like in a bummed out mood or I'm walking around and I just hear these birds so loud outside my window. And I'm like, I could choose to be annoyed by this or I can be reminded by this of God's faithfulness to this creature that is annoying me right now. Um, But how, and then that, like how much more, right? Where Jesus talks about that, like how much more does your father in heaven care for you than these, these birds who are cared for. And so I think nature has been a good reminder for me. And so sometimes for me, it's just like, getting outside of my normal routine and being outside a little bit when there's not so much pollen um, and trying to enjoy just that God has created this world and God has kept it going for all of this time. Um, And that's beyond my comprehension. You know, I can barely keep myself going. So the fact that God can, can provide that kind of care has really been an anchor for me. Um, So that's, that's good. I hear like a good, a good thread in there. The other thing this psalm made me think about that I'd love to ask you guys about was the beginning. So as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Um, and this is idea of like really thirsting in mm-hmm. in God. What cultivates that kind of spirit in your life? Um, that that sense of like I I'm thirsting, I'm yearning, I'm needing God to be my hope and not other things. Yeah. What would you say for you um, creates that posture, that spirit? Yeah. Um, so for me, the answer is just, just, just living, 
mm-hmm. creates a thirst for me. Um, uh, I'm in desperate need of God just to keep up with this this life. Um, for me, it's not a matter of being thirsty because I feel like I'm always thirsting. It's being aware. Mm. That's the big issue for me. Um, am I am I sitting with myself? Am I sitting um, in solitude, silence? Am I sitting with the scriptures enough to realize that, oh, this is what I need? Because when I don't do that, I'm reaching for everything else, right? And essentially, I'm dying of thirst, right? Mm. Uh, I know you guys are familiar with the parable of the starving baker. You heard of that one? Um, so the baker, he, he's a fantastic breaker, baking the artisan breads, the cookies, the cupcakes and everything. And he's feeding the whole town. He's feeding the city. One day, once somebody looks at him and says, you know, man, you look emaciated. Mm. He said, and he said, have you eaten? He says, I have no time to eat. I'm feeding everyone else. Mm. And often as, you know, as, as, as pastors or just, just Christians as a whole, we can look at our life in service to Christ or taking care of our family, going about whatever we do. And we're just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, never being poured in. The reality is just living, just pouring out necessitates that you need to be poured back into it. And so for me, it's just, just sitting down and realizing I need to be with God. You know, I need the word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so. that's good. That is good. Um, I would say too, it's, have you, I mean, I, I would ask a listener, like, have you felt that before? Mm. Like, have you felt the sustenance of God before? That's good. Because if you haven't, then how could you ever long for it? Mm. You know, and I think, um, yeah, I think it's easy for myself um, to kind of get a little too used to being dehydrated, Mm -hmm. you know, like a little too used to um, living on less spiritually. Mm. Um, and so like Leon said, I think mm. once you've experienced that, then you can long for it. And then, um, being aware of it, you know, mm. um, that like, Hmm, stopping and, you know, having those regular rhythms of prayer and just realizing like, hmm, I don't think I got enough today. You yeah. know, like, I don't think. My soul just still feels weary. My my body feels weary. My, you know, mind is drifting off to dark places. And all of those are signs that we need the light, that we need the care of Jesus, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's really good. I think that's a fantastic point. Even that what you just want to draw that out, like what you said about living on less. And I think in a good or maybe this would be a helpful picture for you because it's what came to my mind um, during this weird, weird pandemic time. At some point, I just decided I was, I was going to start. I need to drink more water. And so I was like, I'm going to, you know, I, I do everything over the top, probably. So I was like, I'm going to drink a gallon a day. And mm-hmm. when I started doing that, I realized I was even more thirsty. Right. Because my yeah. body became accustomed to that amount of water. And I think our spiritual life can be really similar. We can get really used to like living on less and really like acclimate to dehydration in a Mm -hmm. sense. Like we can acclimate to just like enough to survive. Um, But when we start stretching and we start pushing ourselves and like consuming more, then our body asks us for more in a sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think for me, I would challenge people if this Lent season you've recognized, right, this satisfaction when th- when you've had less things in your life, when you've mm-hmm. recognized the goodness of connecting with God, when you've made this space, if you are feeling more hopeful, then 
don't go back to like whatever don't don't use easter to just go back to doing all the stuff you were doing before um if you've been giving something up or intentionally fasting like we're heading towards a feast but i would love for us as a church and as a people to be thinking about what does it look like to feast on jesus to feast Mm -hmm. on our resurrected lord to feast on hope to feast Mm -hmm. on salvation and not to say like oh i was just giving this thing up for the and so now i'm just going to go crazy on it because I'm, I missed it. Um, but think about the other places that you found hope and satisfaction that were of the Lord in this time um, and feast on those and ask God to create more space going forward for you to have more of those. Because I think, um, yeah, we will train our bodies on mm-hmm. what to long for. Like we will train our bodies what to yearn for. And if we're not training ourselves, our spirits to yearn for Jesus, um, then they will keep yearning for other things. So um, that's, yeah, I, I would say that there. Well, let me wrap us up. Our last question of this season is just what are you hopeful for in the Easter season um, as we head into re- the resurrection? And, and certainly we don't want to skip through, you know, Good Friday. We want to sit in that. But as we look towards Easter, what are you hopeful for in this Easter season? Um, uh, yeah, just what's what's God saying to you right now? Um, I'm hopeful for exactly what you just said, uh, to maintain the healthy habits that I established while fasting in, in Lent. Um, that's what I'm hopeful to maintain it. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of use some some health initiatives, piggyback on, the, on Lent fasting. Hopefully those health initiatives continue. Um, some regular rhythms of, of praying through the Book of Common Prayer and things. I want those to continue. Um, also, I started to get a taste, speaking about getting a taste of the satisfaction, I started to get a taste of being a non-anxious presence, mm. um, which is big for, for um, our Bishop Todd. And uh, that's, that's huge for me because I kind of live with this low-level anxiety all the time. And so I'd love to continue to grow in. So I'm hopeful that I'll grow more into a, a non-anxious presence. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's good. I think for me, it's, um, I've never been good at Easter, like at the Mm. celebrating and sustaining the celebration, you know, for that 50 days. So for me, I just, I'm hoping just for life. I just am hoping just for this burst of life in my own being. Um, and I think kind of like what you said, Leon too, like that, that just, you know, that undercurrent of anxiety or like am I being a good parent am I doing a good job as a worship leader am I you know all the things that are coming am I a good wife am I you know whatever that those things would just go away and I would just be able to live fully in the presence of Jesus Mm. there's just that yeah when we talk about that longing as a deer pants for water like when Jesus is talking about this full life you know, if I could just reject what the world considers to be full life or celebration or, you know, just living um, Mm -hmm. and really embrace what that means from Jesus, who is the author of our life, the creator and designer of life in general. um, Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, just to live freely and be full of life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll I'll close this down and say I'm hoping for, um, I think similarly to what you said, Leon, to keep with some of the rhythms um, that I've developed during this Lent. I think for me, this Lent, I have discovered um, that there is so much less to worry about 
than I previously worried about. I think the whole Mm -hmm. pandemic, this whole year, as I've been reflecting, has just taught me I'm far less in control than I want to be. But God is even better, um, has exceeded my expectations and what God's able to do. And so for me, I'm hoping that I can feast on a life that is free of worry, a mm-hmm. life that's free of doubt, a life that's free of fear. And I know we never get fully on the other side of those things, but mm-hmm. I just want to, I'm hoping for a life that where those voices are really small and really quiet. Um, and the voice of hope is really loud. The voice of um, certainty is really loud and the voice of salvation is really loud. And the things that Jesus offers mm-hmm. um, begin to take and keep center stage in my life that um one of the things that's resonated with me a ton is just this idea that we can know Jesus, that mm-hmm. the resurrected Lord stands among his disciples and says, you know, touch my side, touch my hands. Here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm walking with you. Um, and so I'm hopeful that I can just continue to grow and be a person who really lives as if they believe that, right? Not just a person who says it. Um, kind of your analogy, Leon, I don't just want to bake good bread for everyone else, but like, I want to mm-hmm. eat the bread too. You know, I want to mm-hmm. eat the the hope and the salvation that our Lord offers and not just offer it to everyone else. And so that's what I'm hoping for. Um, and I'm also hoping for us as a church. Um, I'm hoping for us that we can just continue to um, grow in the rhythms of gathering together again, that outdoor mm-hmm. services will continue to go well, um, that we will continue to um be revived by being present with one another. And so um, I'm just super grateful for this season. Um, and I'm just hoping we can keep growing into that. So yeah. um, thanks, Pastor Mac. Thank you, Rachel, for joining me and doing this for the last yeah. six weeks or so. Um, thank you, church, for journeying along with us. We're going to continue to figure out ways to deliver content. We don't know what those will be in Easter, but do look for announcements on the Easter group book studies um, and ways to continue growing in community as we move forward. And our hope is just that we can continue to connect with each other and connect with you all in such a way that will remind you um, of, of truth and that we can all begin to love look and live more like Jesus. So thank you guys. Peace.